0: firefighter and an EMS professional. You are a part of a worldwide brotherhood of dedicated servants and you put your life on the line every day for others. Because of that, you deserve better. We are often our own worst enemies and it's time to own it. Let's work to improve and change the status quo. That change starts with us, right here, right now. In every situation we're faced with, as we see a need, we own it and we act. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be Ignited. Hey everyone, my name is Ryan Rodriguez and I'm the founder of Ignited and your host for the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. The Ignited Movement is a brotherhood of firefighters who challenge the status quo through a forum dedicated to self-improvement and accountability. In each of these episodes, we discuss a myriad of different things challenging the fire service today, from leadership and tactics to how to improve ourselves physically as well as mentally. We aim to civilize the mind but make savage the body. And even though the focus is on the fire service, topics and principles we discuss can be applied by professionals everywhere. That being said, let's light the spark. Today I'm talking to my good friend and author, Sky Fagrell. He's provided performance coaching and leadership training for over 20 years, and his book, More Fit for the Kingdom, delivers truths of faith-based principles that can be applied to anyone, anywhere. The focus of Sky's effort is on how incorporating measurable principles into our lives and tracking them, we can improve our wisdom, stature, favor of man, and favor of God. So without further delay, here's my conversation with Sky Fagrell. All right, I have with me Mr. Sky Fagrell, and he is the author of More Fit for the Kingdom. I wanted to bring him on the show to give you guys some insight as to what he's all about, what his book is all about. He's a pretty awesome dude. How you been, Sky?
1: I've been good, man. appreciate being on the show. It's an honor to be here.
0: Awesome, right on. I know uh, we first met... Uh, I think in person, you were my son's, my oldest son's seminary teacher. And I had brought a book to you, what we do, my wife and I, we we have a book, it's the all the places you'll go. And so every year at the end of the year, we have all of our, all of their teachers sign and send a little message to them in that book. And we're going to do that all the way through graduation. We'll give it to them at graduation. So it's quite an investment. (laughs) And I appreciated you doing that. So it was cool, man. It's cool to meet you at that time. But with all this COVID stuff going on, are you back? You're back to in person teaching now, right?
1: Yeah, we're teaching in person. And uh, there's still some online options for students to get the education in. But uh, yeah, we're just wanting to make people feel as comfortable and safe as possible. And, And so it's not quite the same as it was before. We're kind of limited in some things, but it's we definitely want to take an abundance of caution and uh, but be back in the classroom at the same time. So I think we're, I think we're doing it right.
0: Right on. Yeah. I mean, it seems like everybody's had to pivot in pretty much everything they're doing. Um, That's actually kind of one of the reasons why the, the template that you talk about, we'll go into that a little bit later, but the template that you bring up in your book sticks out to me so much because I feel like with that template in place, it actually kind of makes it easier to pivot, you know, as long as you've got those principles to stand on, those goals you're working towards. But like I said, we'll, uh, we'll get to that. Awesome. So first off, why don't you give us a little bit of an intro as to who you are and what inspired you to write the book?
1: Yeah, well, uh, Sky for is my name. Uh, I grew up in the Bay Area, California. Uh, people hear my name is Sky and they learn that I'm born in San Francisco and they automatically com- conclude I must be the offspring of some hippies or something, but I am not. <laughs> But I did. I do love the Bay Area, and uh, I'm still a, a big A's fan. I'm super excited for them in this postseason run they're coming. But for the last 20 years of my life, um, I, I haven't been in the Bay Area. I've been out and about in other places. And uh, really, to summarize what I have done in the classroom or with individuals and organizations, it's you know I've taught and consulted how to incre- increase capacity and improve engagement. And I think that that's been my passion and joy really uh, applying some some truths that I've learned in those areas and and seeing individuals or teams or or classes uh, grow in that way Um, I'm super passionate Brian about faith and fitness and I think our paths have crossed there to seeing you and your family in the gym is like the poster boy and the poster family for uh, family togetherness and working out and I don't
0: know
1: (laughs) you've talked about on your show but you should interview yourself on that because it's pretty sweet <laughs> I
0: appreciate it man
1: but as long as I can remember those two uh, factors have collided in my life faith and fitness and I you know as a, I would say fitness first I you know I you know if I'm being honest I, I just have always grown up loving sports and exercise and competition even practice like I loved going to practice I still like the the grind of that has always been something that I've been really fascinated with and, and looking forward to. And then later on, but still, you know, as a young man, uh, I had a spiritual awakening, I think would be the best way of calling it, that changed me and I never turned back. And so I think, you know, we're always high on the things we're up on, you know. And, and so for me, faith and fitness have collided and just really become part of who I am for as long as I can remember. And that's, that's kind of where my book came from with those two worlds uh, combining there's really four factors of of personal fitness that I outline in the book. And uh, you know, I talk about our intellectual growth or fitness, our physical fitness, social fitness and spiritual fitness, but a, a major overarching principle of that all is that a true principle in any one area of those would apply in any of the others. True. Yeah. And so that's what I try to show is that, you know, like, Sometimes they seem at odds, especially my book really focuses on two that I think most people would kind of put at the opposite end of the spectrum, physical and spiritual. Um, but I, I really found for me, and in my book, I try to point out how they, how they work in, in tandem together to help people learn about how I can gain strength or fitness in either area. You know, Basically, if it works in the weight room to gain strength, it's going to work in the family room to gain strength. True. Yeah. So, anyway, True. that. I 100 agree. And you know, Go I, ahead. you were talking about there with what you mentioned early on this show, with you know, you you coming in as a family, or I, it sounds like it's kind of a surprise, or maybe the kids know about this or they don't. How's that work? <laughs> with the book?
0: With the oh yeah.
1: Go. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's a total that? surprise. Okay. No, no, no,
0: they have no idea.
1: Mom's the word for me, but what a <laughs> great. You know culture to have this recorded from the great coaches they've had over the years giving their input um you know people write that down when they go to a different class hey look you know coach ryan taught me this coach john taught me this, and you know just kind of keeping a, a compilation of, of resources again where in my mind i'm thinking this is a great physical fitness principle too yeah this well whole, this whole idea was hatched i was 20 years ago right i'm sitting in this i was at school studying i was getting my minor in coaching and teaching physical physical education And I was also studying how to become a religious educator. And so on one side of the campus, I'm in these courses and classes in which, you know, the PE department was very data-driven and here's the science and uh, very clear, measurable, quantifiable ways of helping people lose weight or, or gain strength or whatever we were studying that day. And then I'd walk over to the other side of campus and the religious department was equally in and big on gaining strength but it seemed to be so on measure and you know unmeasurable or unquantifiable the exact opposite and there's some truth there that it's not exactly a crossover but I, as I'm running back and forth between sides of the campus I'm thinking man I feel like the overload principle that works in the weight room would really work great you know to gain spiritual strength or yeah a guy or girl was trying to overcome a plateau spiritually you know what I just learned there about changing these variables would work and so I just for me it's not opposite ends like, again like these true principles just apply in different areas and that was the effort of my book just to kind of get out of my head onto paper and hopefully into the hands of other people a way to make something like spiritual growth which can be seemingly unquantifiable even unapproachable to some people very approachable and joy in the process so that was the effort
0: yeah that is one of those things it's like how do you measure faith you know and and like you said it's almost in quantifiable the one thing I was actually talking to a client today we were at the gym I got home off-duty this morning and then at nine o'clock trained a client and I was telling her that uh, you know there's there's so much that you need to to measure in order to improve you've got to measure something and I'm always saying that to my clients what gets measured gets improved and the people who are like afraid of the scale I need to help them get over that. And the people who are like, well, I can only do this much weight with this exercise. And it's like, well, good. There's our, there's our metric for measure, you know? And so next week when we do something, we can either amp it up or we can see if you've gotten weaker, you know? And so that's, I I totally agree with you. And that's one of the reasons why this book hit home with me so well. Um, And again, you know, we share the same faith and, and one of the things that, I actually taught a lesson on in one of our, one of our church groups was the one thing that you've got is your body. You know, that's like the one thing that you have when you, when you come to this earth, that is it. You don't, you don't come here with clothes, no home. If you stripped away everything, you know, your car, your job, everything, really all you have is your body. And if you're not taking care of that, you know, then what are you showing your heavenly father that's given you that body? What are you showing him? And then not only that, but let's say you get into a career that demands physical aptitude, like firefighting. You know, if you're not taking care of that thing, what are you telling the people that you're supposedly serving? What is it you're telling them? So that's great. this sure. was an incredible way to, to track that and measure that. So I thought that was really great. They were really like good four pillars to hold that idea up.
1: Yeah, well I appreciate that. And, and you know what you said, you know, resonates with me. You know, I feel like a lot of what you're you're preaching is exactly how I feel. That there's there's just not a separation between that, you know, that spiritual side of us and that physical side of us. And really when you look at the other four areas too, I, I feel like it's so much of it goes into our overall well-being or or fit that I, I like to call it our, our overall fitness that you, you can't just ne- neglect one too long without feeling a deficit somewhere else. Right. There's times in our life, you know, like, you know, in your profession, you know, probably being tuned up physically has a bigger impact on your overall effectiveness than maybe in a, another job. That's an office job. But I'd right. even that office desk job where that person has had that physical fitness um, component in their day, while it may not save lives, like, you know, your job and profession could, it might help save their career down the road, you know, give them a little bit more alertness, more attentiveness, more engagement, more satisfaction. And and, and that could very well be the lifeblood of what they do down the road. So for all of us, if you, if you separate out those four factors, pillars, like you call them and just focus on one, you, you, you just are incomplete. You really are.
0: Yeah, totally agree. So you brought up the idea of people with a desk job. So, and I'm not minimizing that by any means because you know, we're all, we're all doing something different. And even if we, uh, in the fire service get injured or something, we might be put on light duty where maybe we're on a desk job, but still you have to be able to keep up that physical side. You know, you may be good. Like you said, you may be good in one quadrant. You may be good with the spiritual side, but if you're, if you're sitting at your desk, let's say your career is at at a desk for the majority of the time, you're building relationships through the web or teleconferences or whatever it is you're doing, doing financial stuff. You're sitting in that chair and, and then you your your physical side is slipping and so what that's going to do is it's going to take away your ability to do things it's going to take away your freedom to to go out and have these experiences to you know um, engage with your family engage with your kids and so that's incredibly limiting Uh, you mentioned we've been talking about the four quadrants and the four pillars right now let's let's go ahead and talk about what those are let's identify what those are if you don't mind Um, I I love this template that you share. It's, it's great for tracking goal setting and all of that. So give us a little insight as to what those four quadrants are, and then maybe a little more insight as to how it's helped you personally.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I think a lot of, there's a lot of different wellness wheels in the world and things that, uh, a lot of science and data can just support that this is kind of the overall makeup of a person. And, For me, I have focused on four areas that I have found kind of, you know, encompass all the others, but um, I base these on, you know how sometimes you see a guy at the gym or a girl at the gym and you're just impressed with their fitness or their strength or, you know, you see like Tony Horton, P90X, and you see this guy, he's sent all these videos and people buy into it because they see this, you know this person and they're really fit. And so they, they go ask them, Hey, how did you get that way? What did you right. do? What's the workout program? Let me adopt that or let me incorporate it. Yeah. And, and so for me, this four pillars that I focus on, I looked at a person that for my life, I, I admire greatly, you know, the savior and whether you're a religious person or not, I think most reasonable people will concede that, Hey, this guy's made a pretty big impact.
0: Yeah. Right. And
1: so there's, you know, I mean like yeah. there's a lot of people that worship him. So, I looked at, I tried to find for me, for personally, like, how does he, how did he get to where he was? Just like if I wanted to look at some guy at the gym and become like there, how did they get there? Yeah. And there's not a whole lot of evidence or, you know, research or scriptural, you know, passages we can look to, but one of them says that he grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. And so for me, I look at those four wisdom. He grew intellectually or professionally stature. He grew in his physical fitness and his nutritional regimen. Uh, he grew in, in uh, his favor with God, his spiritual growth, and his favor with man, his social. And so, I, I, you know, it doesn't have to be in a religious context, but those four pillars, those four factors, those four areas of a person's fit, their work-life fit, those to me are the crucial ones that, that I've had to apply and adopt and, and modify throughout my life. But when I am progressing when I feel really the most whole and those that I've worked with when I find that they're having the most success achieving their goals, they, they are progressing in each of those areas. And uh, so that's, that's for me, those are the four that I, uh, that I focus on when I'm teaching or consulting anybody. You
0: know, those are great, man. And, and they're very, like, they're very basic. They're simple, simple concepts, simple principles. Um, And even though the principles are simple, the execution might not be so much, you know, we're, 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 each the, the template can apply to all of us. But like you said earlier, one of those things might be more of a struggle for us than others. And then we just kind of have to shore that end up.
1: Yeah, I agree. You know, for me and maybe, maybe you as well, some of these quadrants for people don't take much effort at all. You know, like right. for me, I, I love going to the gym. Like it's not something I have to be coaxed into doing. Like I, I just, I enjoy it. I love the, the vibe there. I love how I feel coming from there. I love mm-hmm. tracking numbers and, and all of that. And yet I know in other areas, as much as in my, my head, and my heart, I know, hey, I should be just as engaged or as disciplined or committed to my spiritual growth or my social interactions with my wife or my kids or my professional development. I don't have to be convinced of them, but I do need to set goals or otherwise I will totally default to my natural setting, which is I want to get to the gym and and I'm going to try to do good in those areas, but I won't be as deliberate or as intentional. And so as a result, I, I probably will be okay. I find human beings are pretty remarkable, but I'm leaving on the table so much strength that could have been gained, so much power that could have been obtained, so much connection and relationships that I could have had and I'm missing on. And so right. having a goal setting system, tracking in those quadrants, I have found it's not burdensome at all. I mean a lot of times you talk to people about goals and they get so much pressure and anxiety. For me, right. I've tried to put it or in they the- roll
0: their eyes. Oh, you know. They're
1: throwing the towel before <laughs> you even start. Yeah. Because yeah. Because they've had so much failure with goal setting. And and that's part of what my you know book helps outlines. Here's how to have success in the process. But for me, I have found it so motivating. To be able to say, here, I'm, I'm going to try to grow in these areas, making reasonable, flexible, emotionally connected goals, and then tracking the victories along the way. I, I think that's probably one of the top reasons why people fail or have so much stress or anxiety about goals is they, they, they just don't see success in it. So they stop. Yeah,
0: Yeah. Or they have such a huge lofty goal that they think that that end production is it and there's nothing in between. So like, if you have this idea that, you know, I want to, uh, I want to bench my body weight. Like, let's say I want to bench press my body weight and they go for two weeks to the gym and they may have improved, you know, by 40, 50 pounds incrementally. But by the end of that two weeks, they they've given up. They're like, well, I can't do it. And they totally forget the, uh, the fact that they've grown over that two weeks. And if they just keep consistent, over that time can what is it consistency plus time equals you know success and so if they would just keep consistent they would see it but i I, like you said i feel like so many people stop because they're not seeing that end product right away yeah yeah this definitely keeps them on track
1: yeah when you see that right every january the gym is you know yeah i'm happy yeah. that a lot of people are there yeah. i guess this january yeah. may be different with covid but you know you're true you're happy to see everyone there and you're like oh people are making yeah. changes but at the same time get off my bench Hey i've been here for the last you know
0: right but,
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, march is,
0: yeah it's, it's like good. come come march exactly everybody knows march march is that month I just kind of peers out exactly.
1: But, you know, it's those people's <laughs> events, they, they've started in, and, and that's where usually goal setting kind of starts, is like, I want to get to the gym. Yeah. That's a great step, right? Like, but it's just yeah. those interim steps where you you mentioned having the incremental success, like having a marker of, like, I, my goal for the year is this, or my goal for the next six months is this. But then being able to say, here's how I'm going to measure it. Or even when you started, yeah, you mentioned someone wants to increase in faith. How do you measure that? Well, that's where the work of the goal setting is going to sit down because you can't just say, I want to increase in faith and be done. How will I measure right. what that looks like? And it mm-hmm. could be in, you know, in, in efforts to not be critical or faithless. It could be, I'm going to go and do some things that my faith system tells me would be helpful. Like for some people that might be scriptures or prayer or attending a church meeting or a group. And that's going to be meditation
0: or something simple. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But if they don't have that, and I just want to increase in faith, how do you measure that? Like that's where the, the effort transfers the the same way in the gym, you have to have a measurable component. People seem more prone to take the time to make the schedule in the gym than they do in their faith life, professional life or social life.
0: Yeah. I couldn't agree more, man. Um, During all this COVID stuff, uh, it, it seems to be winding down a bit, which is good. Uh, things are opening back up. But during that time, I personally had witnessed a lot of uncertainty. Uh, there was a lot of uncertainty out there. You know, um, when people are calling 911, they don't necessarily know what's going on. They ask you a lot of questions. Everybody's uncertain. And, and I feel like one of the great things about having a system in place a system of principles like this is that it provides you that certainty and now with with your perspective and my perspective faith is a big part of that and i know that there are a lot of people out there who don't necessarily have a faith you know in a religion or a spirituality per se um how could a person who maybe hasn't found their faith or doesn't necessarily feel they need to rely on that. And I'm not even talking particularly like religion. Um, how do you think that they, they could benefit from the framework that you're sharing?
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, and, and obviously as a religious person, I, I do believe, you know, in, in God and, and I believe in a savior, but that doesn't mean that the system wouldn't work for someone who, who doesn't believe at all. You know, I, I think that we, we all come, and I've met very few who, who don't have at least a, a recognition of a, of an inner voice or a conscience or a, an alignment with, with what they feel is morally right. And so when you when you boil down the the spiritual side to you know some people ha- are really passionate about a particular faith or religion, and that is wonderful th- for them, and they should you know try to get aligned with it for. For others that may not have a particular religion or even a god that they worship i think that there's still alignment between what they feel inwardly is correct and moral and are they being true to that and that Mm -hmm. is very powerful for them i think that's for even the religious person it really comes down to that yeah am i aligned with what i know is the right way for me to conduct myself personally and in my interactions with others and when that is yeah. out of harmony that is it's it dampens one's spirit and ability physically emotionally to to operate again at, at the optimum level that they're trying to get to
0: yeah totally agree like you said um i think it's just that that belief in a system you know whether it's a like a religious structure maybe it's a a, a spiritual structure that you've set in or or even an idea of, you know, karma or whatever you put out there is gonna come back to you. Belief in that system and, and some kind of basis for morality. I think that would be something that could totally plug and play into this into this kind of framework.
1: Yeah. And without it, I you know, I guess someone could make an argument, Well, I I just you know, I'm just out here fitting for myself. I, I I think that they could believe that my, my gut would just tell me that at the end of the day, they're going to be living below an optimum power that they could have in their life when they're aligned with what they are. And I think disregarding any part of this quadrant I think would be detrimental. And you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's funny when I first started this, this journey of putting a book together, which is, you know, it's quite a process, but mm-hmm. my fear was, Hey, all my my instinct here seems like this is anecdotal evidence. Like I think, or I feel, but boy, there is a mountain of research about how this type of connectivity to those quadrants p- pays a big dividend in our life. And I, I won't bore your audience here with, with going through it, but this isn't just some kind of like backwoods experimental thing. Like people who right. try to progress in these areas and get alignment with them, whatever they might be. I mean, we might differ on application of, spiritual principles or what our professions are but at the end of the day if those people who are trying to progress in these areas really find growth you know whether it's in you know psychology Brene brown's written a ton of stuff about um, these types of connections with people tony horton p90x he's written some stuff about i mean you you find a guy or a girl that's done some research and this isn't anecdotal like this is a bona fide science of how these areas are connected But sometimes it's the approach. So even if you convince someone, okay, four areas, how, how do I gain strength? How do I overcome my fears and and move forward?
0: Yeah. And even showing them that they're connected. Like we all, um, we can, we can, in our minds right now, as I'm talking about it, we can all picture a three legged table, you know, and, and taking one of those legs away, that table's not going to stand. It's not going to work you have those three legs and that table will stand. Is it going to get easily pushed over? Yeah. More so than a four-legged table would. So like to me, those four legs are just holding up this, you know, this, this table, if you will. Um, And just like we talked about earlier, for some people, you know, we're stronger in one area than the other. Um, There was a point in my life where I wasn't as strong in my, physical fitness as I should have been. And I had grown complacent and I'd worked, I'd worked for a fire agency that we did a lot of medical transports, like long distance medical transports. And so sometimes I'd be on an ambulance doing a medical transport for three to five hours, depending on where the hospital was and, and all of that. And so, you know, it was very difficult to plan my meals out and eat right. And so it was more like, we'll just swing by this and get this to eat. And it's quick and easy. And, you know, the, the shift work compounding on top of that just didn't help. Um, and then it wasn't until that I saw a picture of myself with my daughter at the lake. And I was like, oh, man, wake up call. You know, if I'm if I'm trying to be the firefighter I would want showing up to my house, something's got to change. And uh, so that was at that time my weakest table leg. I guess if you would, you know, my weakest quadrant. Um, I was wondering, I was just curious, which one do you feel that you personally struggle with the most?
1: Man, calling me out right now.
0: Huh?
1: <laughs> you know, I I think that at the end of the day, if I'm being honest, the one that I, I need to spend the most time being intentional and deliberate and planned out more is one that I would have thought 10, 15 years ago would have been the easiest for me. But I have found as a, I'd say socially, um, because I feel like I take for granted some of the people that I love the most in life. And I'm a naturally warm and kind person, I feel, but as a father and as a husband, there are just moments that you don't want to miss. You know, you mentioned showing up as a firefighter and not being, you know, in the shape or, you know, being the type of person that would help save the lives of that, that house or home or whatever you're, you're saving. But I felt like as a dad and as a husband, far too often I've shown up out of shape and I haven't given the deliberate and intentional effort that I have in my professional life or my physical life. And it it doesn't take a whole lot, but it does take time to plan and prepare. And, and, and really for me to ask myself, have I reached out with love and, and shown validation, shown appreciation, um, shown that I, I am anxiously engaged at home and eager and excited to be there just as I am at the gym or, you know, mm-hmm. in a professional advancement. And I've kind of relied too much upon just my natural, I'm a, I'm a loving person. I haven't been unkind, but there's been misses, swings and misses where I, that's where I'm focusing now in my life, you know, in that quadrant is to really make sure that I'm meeting the needs, you know, saving the lives there that I, where I can and being fit and focused and able to identify where, you know, to use an analogy from where the fires are that I can help put out or where we can, you know, do some preemptive action to make sure that there aren't fires in the future. And, and that's, it it hasn't come unfortunately for me as naturally as I thought it would, and so there's where I'm you know I'm I'm trying to strengthen my game is in that quadrant socially with my family with my wife and unfortunately I have all very resilient kids and my spouse is amazing, um, but that can and you can see easily why there are so many family problems because if you aren't taking the time to really deliberately and intentionally consistently and genuinely love and, and support your family, it can easily fall apart quickly.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Very insightful. Um, we as, as firefighters and emergency responders, we tend to get so isolated within ourselves that we mute those relationships, you know, and, and even as the fire service progresses, we've gone away from um, communal bunk rooms, so now we each have our own room and so typically the only times that we're spending together are eating at the table or running calls and then i've seen people go right back into their rooms for the rest of the shift and then they'll come out when the tones come out or when it's time to eat and then they go back to their rooms you know and creating those relationships are super important and i've been guilty of that too so i i would uh i would get real i would dive real deep into like self-improvement books or, you know, marketing or whatever it is. And then I would just kind of get consumed by it for a while. And then my relationship with my kids would slip and I got to be like, Oh man, I got to be more intentional here. I got to shore it up, you know? And a lot of people talk about, you know, you've got to live a balanced life. And I think this definitely, this framework can help. Um, But I don't think balance is something that's just achieved and then checked off. Like, I think of it as trying to, to balance on, you're standing on like a basketball, right? Or uh, I, I think that's the image that comes to my mind. Like you're trying to balance on one of those yoga balls. It's a continual adjustment. You know, if you get too far forward, you got to adjust backwards. It's continual. And it's not just like, well, I've achieved balance and now I can move on to something else. So that was, that was really, really insightful what you were talking about in, in regards to relationships, because really, like you said, ultimately other than our physical body, that's, that's all we have, you know?
1: You know, Ryan, in relation to that balance principle, and I I think that sometimes, you know, not to misunderstand, like I don't think we can be, it's not, it's not necessarily a time for time thing in those four areas, you know? Right. Yeah. You know, it was going to take up eight to 12 hours a day, you know, for a lot of working professionals, whereas our spiritual life may only take 10 to 15 per day to maintain, yeah. and our family interaction our kids are at school our wives are working and so forth it's it's not that we can then you know there's just not enough hours in the day to go time for time right but, you know i love that you took what i said about my family and you applied it to your your your, your company there at, at the you know for the firefighters yeah because it's that same idea you were locked in the room doing self improvement that's great stuff like you're improving but a good thing may have gotten in the way of a Better thing long term, right? And that's how it is with with all of this stuff. Like again, I, I really rarely come in contact with a human being that I don't think is just awesome and outstanding. You know, I, I my line of work, I run into great people all the time. Their deficit isn't because they're evil, bad, slothful people. They're just letting good things that that are good, productive, get in the way of greater things. That if they're not using some kind of a system or not being having those things brought to their attention. They're just falling to the wayside. Yeah. And so having a structure, like you said, these having a pillar, having, it isn't demoralizing. It isn't discouraging. It's okay. Yeah. I'm remembering now my overall goal, my big intention, my hope, my desire is, and they're remembering it, or I'm remembering it and then working toward it as a reminder system, as a health, healthful, soothing, encouraging growth process to get to where they really want to be. Cause it's just otherwise so many of us lose track in other good pursuits that the best ones get left in the dust.
0: Agreed. Yeah. I'm going to quote you on that one. That's a good one. <laughs> um, I had just listened to, uh, <laughs> I just listened to another podcast episode today And interestingly enough, they had brought up relationships and time for time that you just brought up. So I think the question was like, how do I, how do I make sure that my wife and I get equal time to ourselves? And it's like, it's quality over quantity. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a quality thing over quantity. You take it as you need it and you make that adjustment as you need it.
1: I'd even add, and I think this is on the same principle of the quality over quantity, that uh, some of the relationships we have, I, I like, you know, if I, if this was visual for your viewers, I'll try to describe it as best I can, but you take like a, you know, just your normal water bottle or your hydro flask or whatever, and you filled it with, with water. And all we're saying in a lot of these areas is you, you, you pour one of those little flavor packs that are like three inches long. You tear off the end. you Oh, pour right. And you know, it's a grape, it's strawberry, whatever. Yeah. Quantity wise, the water is way more volume, right? Then yeah. than it weighs more. It, if you poured it on the table, it would cover more surface in every way. And, yeah. and that's like our life. Let's say that water bottle and that little flavor pack is simply one of these quadrants you're pouring in. It, it's not going to take up 24 hours of the day, but having a little deliberate connection point with a spouse and I'm not saying everything should be so planned out. I, I don't think you're right, right. suggesting that. There's plenty of spontaneity in all these areas that are just going to happen. Yeah. But to find where your gap is, hey, man, I, I'm not taking my wife out or I'm not telling my kids how impressed I am with their efforts in school. It's like pouring that little pack in and it flavors the rest of that life. Your kids don't need you saying it 24 hours a day. Your wife, she might like a week-long vacation every now and then, but I mean, right. you can't always be doing that.
0: Yeah, and it becomes disingenuous that way.
1: Yeah. Then it's like, well, yeah. you're only saying this because you have it in your planner.
0: You're right? checking the box. Yeah.
1: Have some things in your planner, but know that this is helping you develop a habit and showing consistently that you love. And then in those moments, things are going to come up spontaneously. It's not just that because you have in there, remind yourself to take the garbage out or whatever the chore is that the family you're missing. Right. You're becoming more attentive. This is becoming who you are you're taking a weak thing in your life, making it stronger by deliberately addressing it. And then over time you just become like a powerful firefighter or a powerful dad, a better professional, more in tune with the spirit because you've identified, Hey, this is the weak thing. I'm going to deliberately work on it, incorporate it, pour that pack into my water. And now I'm good to go.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. As you put that antenna up, you become more receptive to that naturally. And it just kind of, like you said, becomes a part of your your life, becomes a part of who you are. Um, we talked about faith a little bit earlier, and we share the same faith. We mentioned that, and and I understand and I accept that I'm one of my Heavenly Father's children. And I'm not perfect by any means, but I have the opportunity to try to be better every day. You know, just take one step towards trying to be better in anything and everything I can. So what advice would you give someone who is struggling toward perfection Now, I've worked with clients who have that idea of perfection what would you what would you say what tips or hints or gems would you bestow on them
1: gems here comes some gems brother (laughs) you know this is such a great question and definitely it's dealt with in the world of spirituality where people you know you're trying to you know like there's a a song in our faith. I'm trying to be like Jesus Mm -hmm. where, okay, that's an effort that he's perfect. So yeah,
0: what a huge,
1: (laughs) it's a good trying, but it, but I think we have to dial it down into a context of what it means. And too often we've been robbed of the joy of the journey of self improvement with an unrealistic expectation of what it means.
0: Yeah. Agreed.
1: So You know here's here's one way i would describe it i think this applies into all areas and and we've been talking about this in my home and and i've felt this in my life for various reasons but you know keeping it in balance but if i were to take a a box in front of me of of puzzle pieces and and pour it out on the table let's say it's a 500 piece puzzle no one would fault me as a failure for holding up a piece examining it and then putting it by another and going oh it didn't fit there And then putting it by, it didn't fit there. No one would fault me from doing the easy ones first, right? Find the the straight sides and making, but I'd go through this process of failing a hundred bazillion. I mean, how many times in a 500 piece puzzle are you going to think, "Oh, I think it goes here and it doesn't. No one. Right. Exactly. No one picks them up perfectly. Right. And lays. Right. Every
0: time. Yeah. Otherwise what's the point?
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's it's a process (laughs) of becoming completed, of becoming fully developed and, I think in some areas of our life, we're a little bit more comfortable with that. Like maybe in, in the gym, you know, like I'm going to, I'm going to do this till failure or I'm going to, you know, whatever it might be there, we physically, we're a little bit more comfortable with it, but we need to become more comfortable with it in the other areas, understanding I'm not perfect. I'm trying to grow toward an objective and an ideal. And those little mistakes along the way are just like me holding a puzzle piece, putting it next to another, it's part of the process of me becoming whole, becoming fully developed and shouldn't be looked at. It's just, you know, Albert Einstein. one, I've learned a thousand ways that the light bulb didn't work. They all contributed to the success of finally creating the incandescent light bulb. We see professionals in all areas that have been successful and, and failure, if you want to call it that, has been a major component but they've learned from it, they've, they've grown from it. And if we embrace it that way, I, I think if you're talking religiously, we need to understand that it's not gonna be through any self-improvement program of our own that we are gonna be saved. And I think that even if you aren't religious, understanding that this, this process of becoming a more complete person, a lot of it is gonna be learning to rely upon the teachings, instructions um, that other professionals provide. It may, in some cases, take counseling from others. It, it may, in some cases, um, require a coach at the gym or a nutritionist for the kitchen. But all of that, relying upon some of the wisdom that's out there, getting outside of ourselves. you know, for a religious person, they need to learn to rely upon, upon the Lord. And for yeah. others, it's just going to come to a point where as great as you are as a human, you need that extra instruction from a coach. And uh, learning to embrace that, to have someone give you some feedback, to learn that that last effort that didn't turn out the way you, you wanted is now helping you get to where you want to be because you've learned from it. Man, that's success right there.
0: I couldn't agree more, man. Um, like you'd mentioned those puzzle pieces, you know, we each have something that we're lacking that someone else can fill that gap. And we have something that we can provide to other people that maybe don't have that thing and uh i I see it a lot in the fire service we get a little bit of uh i don't know if it's ego so much as um maybe just stubbornness (laughs) sometimes a lot of times we we don't want to have to ask for help you know because we're the ones who people ask for help and so we see it as maybe weak or you know we can't be that guy we have to be the guy that the people call to for To get that help we can't be the one who asks for help so that's that's a huge revelation in the fire service community as of as of late like the past four or five years that we really need to be okay with asking for help with relying on others and it's funny because we have at least four guys on a fire truck at all times and uh you know it's our crew that we spend a third of our lives with in our career and there are situations where we rely on them in life or death instances and sometimes we rely on them to cook a good dinner, you know, <laughs> but it, it will, we'll rely on them in those situations. But then in other situations, we'll be like, you know what, I, I got to do this all on my own. I can't do that. I, I don't need help. I don't want help. I shouldn't want help. So that's really, it's really enlightening. I'm really glad you touched on that.
1: Yeah. When you come back to that puzzle, sometimes having another person come over and look at the pieces, you've been staring at it for hours. Right. <laughs> they like immediately come over and it's like somewhat yeah. annoying but then it's also all like, right thanks
0: yeah and, and my a, daughter is question. so big on that we'll be we'll be doing a puzzle and then she'll come right up she's like oh bing bang boom right there
1: yeah <laughs> you're almost you're annoyed and grateful at the same time right it's like, yeah like it make that it took you some time yeah but here's another part that's kind of interesting with that puzzle analogy that you know maybe this fits into the social one or you know definitely the professional as well but Sometimes there's puzzle pieces in our box that are just missing. And in mortality, it may be that we don't have that puzzle piece. And it's hard for us to then see the big picture. And, and that's just another reason why sometimes having a, a counselor or a coach, a friend, a, a spouse, someone that you can rely on to help where you may not have that puzzle piece. And it's just it's just tough. And, and maybe during mortality, you won't. It's, it's lost for some reason, or it wasn't in your box. And it's just one more reason why sometimes having an outside source, your buddies on the team, your family, uh, someone to help you at the gym, with some puzzle pieces that just aren't there for you, uh, becomes life-saving as you as you help rely upon them for support and strength in that area that for whatever reason you're lacking.
0: Well said, man. Well said. I've appreciated our conversation today, man. It's been awesome.
1: Yeah. Thank I'll uh, you for
0: I'll definitely be seeing you around in the gym. I'm going to have to get my copy of your book signed. So I'll probably be carrying that with me every time I come to the gym now. <laughs> but uh, thanks for spending the time with me, man, today. I know, I know you're busy, um, but I really appreciate your insight on a lot of this. And I think uh, if our guys pick up the book, you know, spiritual or non-spiritual, I think it'll definitely help provide a template, a framework for helping to, to set up goals, to work towards something to shore up those weaknesses and just just become an all-around better person. So I wanted to ask and uh, give you a chance to kind of let us know where where we can find you on the internet, Facebook, wherever, where can they buy your book, all of that good stuff.
1: I appreciate it. You know, and I I agree. I think that uh, there are, you know, obviously I've included some aspects of my faith in the book, but I, I don't think it's a really big bridge for someone to be like, here's how I can tweak that to fit my spiritual system or whatever. And
0: mm-hmm. yeah,
1: um, you know, I think if they're, if you're, if you're interested at all, I'd love for you to, to take a look at it. I really feel it's from my heart to help people improve and progress personally on the pace that they're ready, but you can find the book on Amazon. It's called more fit for the kingdom and it's the number four. And it is because of, you know, what Ryan and I've been talking about those four factors or pillars that it focuses on. So more fit for the kingdom is search that on Amazon. It's uh, available paperback and ebook, whatever your preference is. And as far as, uh, you know, other content, I try to post three or four times a week on Instagram, just little messages that kind of are catered to these, one of these pillars. And, uh, so sometimes it'll be, you know, office, uh, focused or sometimes faith focused or, but really, I try to choose principles to talk about that would apply in a wide variety of areas and, and just provide some uplift and, and some perspective on, on whether it's failure or success or you know, doing something in your family to bring people closer together. But those are the main sources. I'm on LinkedIn and, and Facebook, but um, check me out the book on Amazon or me on Instagram at My Fit for Life or More Fit for Life. And uh, More Fit for Life is kind of the broader More Fit for the Kingdom, but More Fit for Life as I talk about all of them.
0: Perfect. Right on. All right, man. Well, thanks again. I'll let you get going and uh, I'll see you soon.
1: All right. Thanks a ton. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks, buddy. There's definitely some insight and some perspective to be taken away from this conversation with Sky. I know I for sure will take away some new gems that he dropped on me. <laughs> um, do me a favor. Follow Sky. He's got some very interesting and inspirational posts. His book is amazing. Find it on Amazon, like you said. All the links to his social media and the book itself on Amazon can be found in the show notes, so feel free to go there and click those links. As always, thanks for listening to the show, and if you see a need, own it and take action. Be the firefighter you would want on your crew. Be Ignited.